Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, leader of the healthcare practice and shareholder at Retzel and Andrus. And I'm joined by Donna Hartle, also a shareholder at Retzel and leader of our tax practice. And we're very excited to have Donna here today because we're going to be talking about some end of year tax planning for individuals and businesses. So for all of you healthcare practitioners out there who are wondering about whether there's something you should have known or should have talked to your accountant about as it relates to you or your practice, we're hoping to answer some of those questions today. So welcome and thank you for joining us, Donna. Well, thank you, Erica. I'm happy to be here. Uh, and so dive right in. Sorry, go ahead. End of the year tax planning at this time of year is always something that's on everybody's mind. Um, you know, what can I do so I don't pay so much taxes come April 15th next year? And every year, things you can do changes based on how the law changes. I will say right off, right off the bat, um, pull your accountant into this discussion because it's your CPA who's going to be doing your tax return and your CPA knows the ins and outs of your financial situation better than anybody and he or she may have ideas that would not be presented here. I think the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to end of the year tax planning is something that came in during COVID that uh, many people have missed and it's been under a lot of radar and it, it is a, a great thing to have. And it's the, what's called pass-through entity tax deduction. Most people recall that the uh, Congress passed a law a few years back that said that you are limited to what you can deduct for state and local taxes to $10,000 a year. And that includes all your income taxes, that includes your property taxes. So most people are limited out of what they used to be able to deduct in full. And the states responded to that, slightly different for each state, but similar in that they said that if you have a pass-through entity, so if you have a business that's an S-Corp or you have a business that's an LLC, you can pay your, the owner's share of income taxes from that business at the business level and pass the credit through to the individual, and that does not count towards your $10,000 limitation. It's huge. It's a way for, it's, it's actually called a workaround tax. So if you're an Illinois resident, um, I can tell you that Illinois has a, you just pay a percentage of the gross income and then you allocate it to your owners. And that does not count to your $10,000 limitation. Um, if, you, if you are in other states, they have similar rules, but you need to just check with the rules of that individual state. The one catch is that if you're gonna do that, it has to be paid at the company level on a timely filed tax return. And it has to, uh, you, you need to pay estimated payments into the state to cover that expense. But it is a great way around that $10,000 rule. It came out for 2020 um, and a lot of people missed it or they missed it for 2021. So just make sure that you talk to your accountant if you do have an S-Corp or an LLC, if you're taking advantage of the pass-through entity tax. It, it, it will save you a lot of money with very little effort. Wow, okay, good to know. Um, another thing, uh, if, if you're looking to buy capital assets, looking to buy anything that you depreciate, 
there is something called bonus depreciation, which is, for lack of a better word, extra depreciation that you can accelerate and take now when you buy an asset uh, that will start uh, waning away beginning next year and eventually phase out. So if you're going to make some investment in any kind of capital asset, I suggest you do it this year to take advantage of the bonus depreciation. Uh, a lot of people uh, have business interest expense and the IRS did some tweaking to that and not in the favor of the taxpayer. When you calculate how to calculate your business interest expense, they let you add back a bunch of things um, such as depreciation, depletion, and amortization so that it increased your business expense. They no longer let you add that back. So you may pay more interest expense than you were used to, and that's starting this year. Uh, always consider if you want a gift ownership of a, a family business or a family investment company to other people in your family because that will shift the income tax burden of some of that to the other people. Now, if you're a medical organization, you can't usually, but if you own your medical building in a separate LLC that you lease to your uh, office, you could do it there. And by gifting, you will reduce future estate taxes and you will shift some of the income tax burdens to other family members who generally will have a lower tax rate, especially if they're your children. Uh, this past year, I've seen a lot of bargain sales to charity. And what that means is that if you've got an asset, say a, a piece of real estate, you can sell it to a charity for less than its fair value and you can take a charitable deduction for that difference. Uh, all it needs is an appraisal uh, that you attach to your return. And as long as it's a legitimate appraisal and legitimate value, um, it's a way to get a charitable deduction for something you are going to be uh, not holding on to for long anyway. Now, is, is that only for 2022 or because no, no, short that, on time here to get an appraisal done, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, you can get an, a good question. No, it is It is not only for 2022. It's been in place a long time. It's just been used a lot lately. Uh, the appraisal doesn't have to be done by the end of the year. You can gift it now. And then as long as you have the appraisal by the time of the tax return, you'll know what you're doing. The, you okay. just have to have the charity kind of agreeing to work with you on getting the paperwork done. Okay. Uh, other things, um, you should know that the death tax exemptions are going up. So this year, you can leave someone who is not your spouse $12,060,000, and that is increasing to $12,920,000 for 2023. Uh, <laughs> the annual gift exclusions, well, you know what, you, you, know, you, you laugh about <laughs> that, but, but you know what, you know where people... Um, don't realize that it sometimes gets them is that includes life insurance, that includes retirement plans. Right. And when you start adding those up to their real estate, right. it's something that actually adds up quicker than you think. However, right. despite all that, the Illinois limitation is 4 million. So you might be able to beat the feds because you're under 12 million. But if you got over 4 million, you probably should do a little bit of planning so you don't end up cutting a check to Illinois Department of Revenue. 
So, so planning, even if you're not at 12 million, still is <laughs> uh, You can make annual gifts to your children or anybody else. It is this year, it is 16,000, next year it's 17. And what that means is you can give that number. So 16,000 this year to as many people as you want because it's per donor, per, per donee. So if you have married children and you are married yourself, you and your spouse can each give 16,000 apiece to your child and also to your child's spouse. Um, that's always a good one. And what I like to tell people if they say, oh, I wanted to give them 25, I say then give them one check on December 31st and one check on January 1st. So just kick it over the calendar year and do it twice. Okay. Um, there's something for IRAs for people who are over 70 and a half. They can make distributions directly to charity without having to have income inclusion for taking it out of their IRA. The only qualification is they have to be 70 and a half. What you take out has to be ordinary income generating property, and you can't do more than 100,000 a year. And who you give it to has to be a charity. So an organization registered under 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code. There's a bunch of credits that people should look at, both for energy and cleanliness and efficiency, meaning emissions, um, cars, uh, home improvements. They've really tinkered with those a lot this year. And so you should look and see if you're qualified for any of them. Uh, they also have clean vehicles credits. So you can either buy a clean vehicle and get a credit, or you can purchase a used one, as long as you pay less than 25,000 and get a credit for that as well. Um, those are kind of some of the high level uh, things that can be done. Other than that, uh, charitable giving, just in general, uh, do it by the end of the year. Uh, don't forget about the CARES Act credits. While everybody was all over the PPP loans in 2020, there's more to that act than just the, than the PPP loans. So there's employee retention credits for businesses that you should look at. If you had a qualifying drop in revenue, um, it's something you should really consider. If you were adversely affected because of a governmental order, it's something you should look at, but that is a harder credit to get. Um, I just put out the warning that the IRS has said many times over the last month or two that they are gonna be aggressively auditing these. So just make sure that you work with a tax attorney or a tax accountant um, to make sure you qualify if you decide you wanna apply for those. Great. All right, well, there's a lot there to think about and not a lot of time if you want to do something by the end of the year obviously reach out to your accountant or a tax lawyer um, as donna suggested and hopefully these tips will be helpful um, and they're gonna get to you in time to be able to do something about it and so of these general rules um if they don't get a chance to use them or apply them in 2022 hopefully take this information to 2023 and you know, plan ahead, correct? Right. Um, I, I think gifting is always a great idea. So to the extent you can uh, do it, if you keep it to that 16,000 a person rule, uh, you never have to report anything to the IRS. 
If you go above 16,000 per person, there is reporting to the IRS, but doesn't necessarily mean there's any tax to pay. Oh, okay. So if anybody wants to gift us some money, that would be great, <laughs> right? That, right. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, hopefully everybody found this really helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact Donna Hartle at Retzel and Andrews. And if you want to see any of our prior podcasts together, you can certainly check those out um, on various topics similar to this one, as well as our other ones that we put out there at ralaw.com. So thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you next time on the Health Law Hotspot. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Retzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.